Hey, you know what? I was thinking as we, uh, well, when people listen to this, Paul and I competing will have already happened. I don't know what happens in the future. If you're listening to this, I, you know what happened. But my dream would be to submit him with the uh, comptroller system. The comptroller system. You bring right. it back. Yes. If I could do that, you know I'm what? If you can pull happy. that off, that's already a win. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens after that. Oh, if I do that, I will. If you I take will. That big, the big sniff and then you slip something in, I think we can all agree that you're the winner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul couldn't deny it if that happens. No. <laughs> well, today's episode, episode 14... Gee and no gee. This episode, it's not meant to say one's better than the other. It's just meant to look at both styles and what they bring to the table, differences, and just kind of look at how they exist in the jujitsu world today. Gee and no gee. I know a lot of times when you hear that, you think they have adversarial right. roles when you talk about a gee, no gee. Which one's better? Which one is better, Croyler? They're all just jujitsu. There's right. no one better than the other. You know, um, it's tough because it, how you feel about one or the other depends very greatly on how you got brought up into the into the art. Right? It doesn't matter if you came at this at 40 years old or at five. If your first class was in the gi, you're generally going to prefer the gi. If you first class was no gi, you're going to prefer no gi. Now. Doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions, people that change their mind, you know, at some point or another. But um, the 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 thing is, is that I think for you to call yourself, for anybody to call themselves like a complete jujitsu fighter or um, a true jujitsu um, practitioner, you you should be capable of implementing your jujitsu gi and or no gi without any change in how effective you are. You know, like if you are a world-class black belt with the gi and then as soon as you compete in no gi you're you, you're like you get you struggle with purple belts there's a problem mm. that, that should never happen um and, and that goes comes down to training but that's not what we're talking about today so um to go back to the point of uh, you know which you know what are the benefits of training in one and what are the benefits of training the other and how do they support each other right Today, with jujitsu, where it is, what do you think? You think it's 60% of schools usually will do gi, 40% no gi? Where do you think that so it, we sit I, today? I think, I think it's actually like, I think it's actually 60 40 the other way. Okay. I think 60% of the schools today do no gi, and 40% of the schools do gi. And, and the reason for that is because there's a lot in between where, generally speaking, a, a gi, a traditionally gi only school, will do no gi as well. Okay, even if their instructors came up through the gi, they will take the gi off and do that. Um, so while there's a large chunk of schools that only do the gi, there's also large, a large chunk of schools that do both, right? And those are generally the ones that started in, in the gi. But there's a, a large chunk, let's say, let's say there's 40% of schools do only gi and 40% of schools do only no gi. There is not a single no-gi school out there that is 100% no-gi 
that throws the gi in every once in a while to make it fun. That doesn't happen. With the gi, you may have the 40% of the schools that do only only do the gi. They may on occasion throw, take the gi off and, and, and do no gi. And then in the middle, you have the schools that, that do both, right? So I think because of there is a little bit more of a willingly willingness on one side to do the other. Um, there's more schools today, I think, that do no gi than do the gi. Okay, and that's that's that balance has shifted. What in the last ten years? Yeah, you know, especially because as MMA blows up and people, you know, see one MMA fight and they want to be, you know, a UFC world champion. Generally speaking, in a lot of um, in a lot of MMA schools, there's little to no gi training. So there's no gi there, right? In most gi schools, there's no gi training. There's a lot of schools that are only no gi training. Um, the competitions that pay the most are no gi competitions. You know, you look at Abu Dhabi, who pays out a large sum of money to see people compete. You know, there's fight to win now that's that's paying gi competitors a little bit more. But generally speaking, the the holy grail of money making in jiu-jitsu has always been, you know, ADCC, and and that's a predominantly no gi competition. Why do the no gi competitions get paid more? Well, I think that started because of the of ADCC. I don't think it had anything to do with it's because it's no gi. I think, um, you know, once once Abu Dhabi started and that they originally allowed people to wear the gis too. You know, Abu Dhabi is not a jiu-jitsu competition, it's a grappling competition. And so there were tons of wrestlers, catch fighters, judokas, jiu-jitsu fighters, especially in the first few iterations of it, that um, once the jiu-jitsu guys figured out, hey, we don't have to wear the gi too, we might as well take that off and not give the no-gi guys the advantage, right? Because mm. they would have handles and we wouldn't. Um, the competition still paid out the same. So it became one of those things that if you wanted to make money in jiu-jitsu, one of the best ways to do it was to win ADCC. Um, and, and, and you add the fact that it is more marketable. If you look at the, the, the UFC fighters, right? If you look at just their, the fans. So if you, if you look at UFC, Bellator, Strikeforce, um, pick, pick an MMA outlet, right? And you you can take a you can take a, a layman, somebody who is just a fan of the spectacle that is MMA, the punching, the kicking, the submissions. You can take that same guy who doesn't know anything about any martial arts, who just thinks that they do, and present them with a no gi competition, and they will say, "Hey, I know what that is. That is what I see on TV." All of a sudden, those people put gis on, and it's like. Uh, they're just they're not doing anything mm-hmm. right you also in america wrestling is done in, in singlets right so it's much more easy for a wrestling fan in america to go to to watch a nogi competition where they're wearing you know shorts or no you know t-shirt or rash guard and relate to that than with the gi right so i think because america um has become a hub for 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 competitions you also have to the business side of competition is to cater to fans and i think it's easier to cater it's easier for fans to relate to no gi than it is with the gi my first competition i had only been doing jiu-jitsu i think for a couple months and i remember my first it was a gi no gi competition and the first match i had was no gi and 
it was it, I, it felt just like wrestling I went in there and I'm like oh yeah that was just like wrestling it, it went great I'm like okay I I could do essentially I just kind of could fall back on my game plan of wrestling to get the person down and then jujitsu from there but next I went to gi and because I'd only been training gi a couple months walked in I'm like gonna do the same thing and then the person's pulling me around tugging and it was way different and and i'm i I realized okay i kind of have to do things differently here i can't just i can't just shoot for a takedown i the way i was before i can't just walk up to them and let them get their grips all these other things came into play that i i lost that first gi match and then the second one was able to adjust and there is an approachability i think with no gi where like you said someone says I can do that. I get the concept. Gi, it it just there's other stuff that's it's thrown in, and for people who aren't familiar with jujitsu, a lot of people I think see a gi and they think karate. They, yeah, in they, America, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't think they don't think of like grappling and gis. They just think like Karate Kid. Gi. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know the real the reality is like you said it, it is much more it's much easier. Yeah, like are there people that keep walking by my window? Yeah. Oh okay, I keep hearing voices. <laughs> yeah, no, they're uh, they're carrying a bunch of flowers. I'm not quite sure when they're going to be done because they they can only be fit so many of those gigantic planters in their car. You know. Huh. There's there's some landscaping I think going on behind us, folks. So yeah. uh, that's that's what we're looking at. All right, sorry. Oh, and today the mattresses aren't up. No. So if you notice a difference in audio quality, let us know. But otherwise, I think we can record in here with the mattress down on its frame and box spring like a normal right. room. Pretty much. Looks normal in here. We, we yeah. don't look as crazy. And the room looks a whole lot bigger. <laughs> it feels enormous. It's only like a 14 by 14 room, but it feels like a gymnasium. Yeah. yeah. So many room for activities. That's right. <laughs> um, if you take somebody who's never done any martial arts at all zero they've only seen stuff on tv and you put them in a gi class and you put them in a no gi class in a gi class that layman has like negative chance of being successful like he will never be a blue belt like that's never going to happen he'll never even get to a good position on a blue belt because the blue belt will have all sorts of tricks and how to hold somebody or frame somebody or how to use the gi in a way that's advantageous to them, how to control their body with the gi. And, and the layman has no idea that the gi can even be used against them, right? Much less anything you just related. Now, if you take uh, the same layman and you put it in a no-gi class and you put him against a blue belt, the layman could at times get to a, a superior position on the blue belt because of the lack of the gi and the control that it gives somebody who's a little bit more athletic could force and 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 on sheer physicality and get to certain positions now that changes as time goes on right you can't do that if the guy's a, a purple belt in no gi but at the earlier stages it is easier to be successful if you just train no gi than it is if you are training in the gi so that could be also one of the reasons why no gi is more popular now. Is oh, it's it's far more inviting. Yeah, you know it it lim- it, 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 sh- it brings the levels closer together. Besides the the welcoming part, I think there are great benefits to no gi. There are great benefits to the gi, 
and there's great flaws in both the gi and the and no gi so gi and no gi as well um that's why it's important i think to train both or or at least have some experience in both so that you can take the best of both and eliminate the the negatives what do you think would be a flaw in gi i think i know what i would say it is um there's a heavy reliance on the gi in order to manipulate your opponent and a heavy reliance on the friction that friction from gi to gi contact in order to control somebody i think uh people get a little bit complacent and they get a little bit um lazy when mm -hmm. they train only in the gi because of the high level of control the match can be far slower and you can still dominate the match at a much slower pace so it's easy to get complacent i that's i was gonna say that the downside is you can control and get lazy i, I i'm guilty of that i will do that sometimes right. where i will i just know how to frame or hold someone if i don't feel like doing a lot and it's like you said you get complacent and i th i think the solution would probably be if you can't pull yourself out of that just go no gi for a while and force yourself to have to move around and or have somebody beat your ass senselessly for a couple of days that's right because if they're pushing the pace and they're moving so much faster and all of a sudden you're like man i can't control this person it forces you to move a little bit more too right okay now what did you mean when you said the friction so you know in nogi let's say you're side mounted right you sign my you're on top of somebody you're side mount um you guys are both wearing rash guards and you guys are both sweaty there is far less friction in that scenario than if you're on side mount on somebody and you guys are both wearing geese the cloth the gi is rough and the cloth and cloth creates friction now it doesn't mean that it changes what will happen. It just changes how easy it'll happen. It is much easier to slip an arm for an underhook when you guys are both sweaty and it just slips versus wearing a gi. It's rough and it slows you down. It's like going through molasses a little bit. Okay. Growing up, you trained only gi, right? Like um, when you were a young uh, kid. Uh, well, not only. A, a good chunk. I would say like... 80-85% was with, with a gi. But I did do no gi training. Was that... When you were in Brazil, did you do some no gi stuff? Mm -hmm. Would it be classes, or would you guys sometimes just, when you're playing around, take off your gi and then go no gi? Sometimes it's just hot, man. Brazil's a hot country. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just functional. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're just going to take that shit off. you know. Or if you're doing like training with strikes, um, you take your gi off so you can put some gloves on and, and do things like that. Okay. I've heard people say that before with the gi. If they're kind of talking, if they're trying to talk about the negative aspects, they go, "Well, gi, it's just not, it's not as realistic for the street." But I don't think that's true. Right. I mean, you know, any gi, any gi pants will fun essentially function the same as jeans. Jeans, jacket, jacket. Right. The only, the only way you could say that no gi is more realistic to a street fight is if you're both naked out there 50 eh, probably 70 percent of my fights have just been naked fights both, both people you and them yep wow on the beach that's crazy go to a lot of nude beaches and, and you just pick fights i just they find me i don't know what it is okay yeah all right no, well, yeah, no, <laughs> no gi i've thought before because i i initially kind of fell into that where i thought 
well, Gee, it just seems like it's not as realistic. But then someone pointed out, well, when you're fighting most of the time, you're going to be in clothes. Right. No Gee, if you're on the beach uh, getting in a fight. Then- right. And, 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 you know, there, like I said, there's aspects of both things, of both styles that are important for, you know, a self-defense situation. You know, you need to learn to control somebody. And I think, um, so if, if we just like lay out like, what are the benefits of, of gi, right? Generally speaking, gi is much harder to learn than no gi because there is a multitude more uh, of submissions and techniques that are involved, right? Uh, just think of anything collar related that doesn't exist in no gi, right? So there's vastly more uh, uh, opportunities and options for different sweeps, submissions, setups, um, different methods of control, using the gi to frame, and things like that. Um, and, and because of the extra level of difficulty, it forces you to be far more technical too. Because you you cannot just be a master of, you know, fifteen moves. You have to be a master of fifteen hundred moves. You know, um, knowing those things that only apply to gi jujitsu. Is there any way that those help your no gi, or are they purely just going to help you with? Oh no, gi? absolutely. I do I, because it's not the techniques that translate, right? So if you if you think of okay, there's all these extra techniques in in the gi. None of them work in no gi. So why would you train in the gi? Because the gi forces you to be very technical. Because anything that you do wrong, your opponent will have far more opportunities and far more. Uh, if a far larger range of defenses to your attacks as well, you know. Um, so it forces every movement that you do to be perfect because your opponent also has more defensive ability. Where in the gi, just like you have less attacks, you have less defensive opportunity. So it's easier to get away with poor technique mm-hmm. in in no gi than it is to get away with poor technique in the gi. Is there something specifically that you that comes to mind, like an example that you think of in gi that doesn't doesn't have a direct crossover to no gi, but shows you the importance of technique? Yeah. And I mean, we can look we can look simply as like primary attacks from the back. We just did a back episode, right? So in in no gi, your primary form of attack in the back is always going to be the rear naked choke. That's it, right? And with that in mind, on your defensive end in Nogi, you really just have to worry about, as far as just not getting choked, right? You have to worry about making sure that your neck is always clean, right? So you can pull the arm down, you can push the arm over your head, you can put your hand in the way, um, but that's it, right? It's one threat, again, one main threat, three defenses, right? Where in the key, the primary form of submission from the back is still choking. But you see, I didn't specify the rear naked choke. Yeah. Because every choke from the back has an equal opportunity of success. And because there's a larger number of attacks, there has to be a larger number of defenses as well. Right? Every grip will be defended slightly different with a slightly different intensity. Everything that you do that you defend may defend that specific choke, but may lead onto another choke. So it forces 
the person that's defending and the person that's attacking to be far more technical in their approach because any minor flaw will lead to a huge error. Where in Nogi, you have three options to defend and one main option for attack, right? It is, it's easier to just, for the person attacking, it's just a one move. You're just gonna keep going after that one move. Where in, in, in the Gi, it's one move, but if they stopped it, how did they stop it, right? Because you have to think of how else could you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody holds your sleeve in the Gi and you're in the back, it's very hard to choke them. It's just tough. There's no sleeve to grab in Nogi, you know, they can just yank their arm back and go again. So um, I, I do think that, that because there's a higher number of techniques, both offensive and defensively in the Gi, it does lead the fighters to be more technically sound. I'm not saying that the guys in Nogi are not technically sound. I'm just saying they have less to worry about. And because there's less of a burden, less of a stress, it doesn't necessarily cause the the same the same stress the stress that they're lacking causes the the gi fighters to be generally speaking far more technical okay so you went through some of the pros of gi training what do you see as pros of the no gi training right so when it comes down to no gi right um all athletics aside i think that i think one of the most underrated benefits of nogi training is it's a faster pace. There's less controls. There's less techniques involved. There's less um, complacency. It causes the match to go faster and be a little bit more physical, which is both to its, you know, to its good graces and it's also a detriment to them. Um, it, it's good because it forces people to think faster, to react faster, to be more aggressive. Um, the downside is it does lead a little bit more into the um, the, the physicality of it. Now, why is that important? Because no gi at the end of the day doesn't get caught up into we don't need you know they take the 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 argument that I put on to make to say hey the gi guys are more technical can be used for the no gi guys. They can say hey we don't care about these extra eighty moves. I just need one. I just need that one to work, right? So they become very uh, sharp and very focused and very technical with that one, mm-hmm. you know, those few techniques. And they have to be very technical because there's such short windows of time. And there, there's so many, so few options, mm-hmm. right? So it kind of, it, it takes the, the breadth of jujitsu and it sharpens and it focuses to a much a smaller area. But because of that small, because it's so much smaller, it is easier to buffer that with athleticism where in the nogi, because it's a much wider knowledge base you can't buffer as much Mm -hmm. yeah i i've never really got the argument between this one's better this one's better you have to choose sides because to me with jujitsu it's about defending myself and learning how to react to different situations so i want to know how to uh, grapple with someone who can grab onto me who i can grab onto them but i also want to know what happens if Right. If I get in a fight and it's summertime and I have a t-shirt and shorts and I don't have all these things to grab right. onto. So there is why you wouldn't want to do both. I've never understood. Right. And, and, and like to me, like the, 
we're, we're lucky that we're in a world now where there's um, a lot of televised and, and recorded matches so you can go back and study, right? And and, and like I said, I'm a guy who, who studies these matches almost um, to, a, to a, you know, a weird level. But um, you take a guy, let's, I'm going to say like Keenan Cornelius, right, who is probably one of the best gi technicians in the world. Not necessarily one of the best grapplers in all he is, but I'm talking about like just specifically in the gi. Keenan is incredible with the gi, right? He's got some very creative tools, comes up with new patterns of attack with the gi all the time. And you take a guy like Gordon Ryan, right, who is the best no-gi grappler in the world right now. Again, very technical, very physical, very capable, um, submits. Everybody's got an incredible submission ratio. Um, again, both these guys are um, the best at their versions of the, of the, of the art, right? There was a long time of, now they're friends, they train together all the time, but there was a time where people like, you know, Gordon can't beat Keenan. Keenan's competed in all these things. So they fought in Nogi. You ever seen that match? The very first time that they fought in Nogi? I don't think I have. So it was in, it was no time limit, sub only. And I remember thinking, man, this is going to be incredible, right? And it was literally like two hours and 30 some minutes. And it was the most boring match on the planet, right? There was no action whatsoever because Gordon got into um, the honey hole on 50-50 and Ashigarami a couple times, but he was not that much. At that time, he was not that much more technically superior to Keenan. That Ken- Even Keenan was not a big no-gi guy at that point. He competed, but he was not. it was not his focus at all. It's still not his focus right now. But it took him almost like almost two and a half hours to submit Keenan. Right. So did they just hang out in like Honey Hole for in, like in 20, 50, 30 minutes? For, for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. It was super boring. You can watch the whole thing in like two times the speed. You won't miss anything. Right. Um, now, if we took Gordon and we say, hey, Gordon, put a gi on. You're a black belt. Put your gi on. Go fight Keenan. I think Keenan would tap him in under 10 minutes. Why is that? Like, how does that happen? How does the two best guys, right? How, how come one performs, generally speaking, will perform better in the other's version, but not the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to the whole number of techniques and, and, and being so technically sound in one versus... I'm not saying that those guys aren't technically sound. I'm just saying they have to worry less about a larger number of techniques. Right. So it's it's easy to... Because of that, because there's less techniques to worry about, it's easier to improve and do better in no gi than it is in the gi. Back to our beginning point as to why gi, no gi is more inviting than, than the gi. That makes sense. Uh, in the history of jiu-jitsu, um, gi was predominant. But, I mean, it seems like those guys still... They knew jujitsu was so self defense orient, oriented that no gi, the no gi aspect of it was just like street fighting, wasn't yeah, you it? You just take your gi top off and you just do the same shit you were doing before. Yeah. When did, uh, when's the first time that it started? You started seeing competitions where they separated? Well, you know, again, it was as the evolution, right? So mm-hmm. when you get into the, the moment that you move away from the fundamental, what I would consider fundamental jiu-jitsu into the more advanced jiu-jitsu, 
the more the moment they get into like Lasso Guard and Spider Guard and De La Hiva and all these things, um, those guards are very heavily reliant in the gi, right? And that becomes a weakness because the moment that gi disappears, you don't have a jujitsu left. Much like the, the nogi guys, again, not saying that they're not technical, tend to rely on their physicality and their athleticism to, to buffer their ability, right? Their technical ability. Nowadays, there are gi guys that rely so heavily in the gi that that becomes their buffer. The gi is their buffer, right? Mm. Um, and 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 uh, and sad, but it ha- but it happens. I think it's just it's easier to hide in the gi, right? Right to say, oh, they're just really good. No, no, no. they're very reliant and heavy on the gi, mm-hmm. just like the nogi guys are very heavily reliant on on their athleticism, mm-hmm. their their physicality of it, right? Um, to me, for you to be considered a let's say like the perfect representation of jiu-jitsu. You should be able to put the gi on, perform at a certain level, take your gi top off, take your gi pants off, put a no-gi gear on, compete at the same level of competition, and perform roughly the same, or vice versa. To me, that's when you're well-rounded. That's when your base is so solid that it does not matter which style you go into, and you can still do well. Okay. You know? Um, you look at guys like Marcelo Garcia, who was a, a phenom in the gi, right? Um, just dominated the gi scene for years. Takes the gi top off, dominates the no gi scene for years to come. Like that's a to me that's like a, a perfect example. You look at Hajar Gracie, who again dominated in the gi, would take the gi off, dominate no gi. You know, at what point did we become so heavily reliant on the gi or so heavily reliant on our athleticism? that crossing over was just absurd and and throws our game off that that's a problem for mm-hmm. me well people whose end goal is mma is there a reason for them to train gi oh absolutely i think i think you know i think when it gets closer to um let's say you're doing it like a three-month camp right I, I do think that two months out you shouldn't be doing gi anymore so it removes the reliance of the gi Mm. I think that's 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 needed to go away, but I think all the way up to that point, technical growth needs to happen both in the gi and no gi because in the gi it'll teach you to be, you know, highly technical, high levels of control, rely less on athleticism and more on pure technique, and I think you need to do no gi in the sense that it will it'll keep you from being complacent, right? If you're training no gi, it'll keep the 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 your thinking speed and your the pace of your match faster which will suit you for mma i think you should do both now most people can't do both because there's so many other things you have to focus in mma Mm -hmm. for the person listening who's wondering okay so how often should i do gi how often should i do no gi what's what would you tell them is it is there an amount of time or is it mainly just evaluating your own skill level in each and making sure that they stay balanced depends on your goal yeah like what, what is your goal you know, if, if your goal is just to be well-rounded and technical and just good, you know, um, you should do like a like a 60-40 split, gi to no gi, my opinion, right? I think if you're, you know, looking to be a competitor, the question then comes up, okay, what kind of competition are you doing, right? If it's, if it's just the gi, then obviously just 
put the gi on and just train with the gi. If it's no gi, then take the gi off and just do no gi for that competition. If you're looking to do, let's say, MMA, right, that's what you want to do, then we need to look at, you know, how big, how long is your camp, how, what are your current skill sets, you know, are you somebody who has done a lot of gi in the past and all you need to do is maintain that or do we need to develop that as well as develop everything else? It, it depends where you, what, what your goal is and what your current ability is. Okay. Well, that is, I think we, that's a good place to, to wrap it up. I, I don't have a closing segment for, for this one. For this one? No. Do you have a closing segment? No. What? I provide all these closing segments. I know. I, I assumed you'd be on it. <sighs> what, what's your closing segment? If you just had to come up with something right now. Oh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm horrible. Think about what I've done. I, you're horrible. I, I will come up with like the most ridiculous things. What a uh, Disney princess, which you've still never answered. Um, <laughs> Have you thought about it at all since no, then? No, I have not thought. I've tried forgetting about it, really. Hmm. Maybe you know what I should do. I should, I should get with Taylor, Corey's wife, and ask her which Disney princess you are. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> she would. She would give me probably a pretty good answer. She'd probably give you several answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask her. And next episode, we oh, will find Jesus. out once and for all which Disney princess Croyler is. Oh, by the way, are we are we recording with the dad with the dad? Because there's only gonna be one left next next uh, next Saturday. Uh, I, I think so. You know, I thought Kip was gonna be off in time for that. I think he is. Yeah, I think it'll be you, me, and Kip because Paul will be dead. So. Uh, oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, you know what we'll do though? We'll like weekend at Bernie's, Paul, and we'll bring his corpse in and just hang, just his hang limp it. body yeah. and just put it in a chair. <laughs> it would, you know what? It, it would be an improvement be from what it usually better. is. Yeah, it'd be better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're doing next week. Although when you're listening to this, that's what we did last week. So time is weird when you're recording ahead of time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it for today and. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to go get some lunch because we're starving. Yep. Bye. Bye.